and welcome to another session here on uh, this fine Sunday afternoon to Two Smoking Guns as we bring you another round of uh, craziness and a kaleidoscope of commentary I think we've got today. It's a good afternoon to my mate Rutsy on the panel and uh, straight across in another room still, old son. Yeah, still here, mate. A hey? kaleidoscope. A, a kaleidoscope of commentary today. Oh, hey? Lovely, mate. I just love Just turn it round and just watch all the colours mix up. and Brilliant. <laughs> that's what we'll do today. Well, we have got a kaleidoscope of stuff today, mate. I mean, I've got t- tons to talk yes, about today. Um, as we forecast uh, last week, yes. uh, there's a there's a little bit of baby name stuff I'd like to get off my chest today. Well, Scotty? I didn't see that. Is yeah. there the, is there the list well, now? I've picked up a bit of oh, stuff have. here. I've not well, only got uh, the most popular boys and girls names, yes. Scotty, which is pretty boring. Yep. But uh, what I've actually got for you today yep. is the uh, the top. 10 bogan baby names oh, for girls yep. and the top 10 bogey baby name bogan baby yep. names for boys i've also got the worst baby names for girls and the worst baby names for boys yes and baby names that are banned oh in this country and other countries oh, so because have, because of said spelling well we'll or? get on to that a little bit later and and are they, have you classified them in the in the b category mm. <laughs> because of the name or how it's spelt? Well, a bit of both. Oh, have you? Yes. Oh, you've done yes. well. Yes, yes. So I've got yeah. a bit on that today. All right. I'd like to uh, to have a wheel through this Belt and Road stuff that, uh, <laughs> that's that got everyone's knickers in a twist with Dan Andrews. So oh, I'd like to reel through that yeah. quite quickly. Yeah, well, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, come straight off the back of you there because I've got um, Danter Banter. Oh, well, <laughs> very good. And uh, It's a game being played in Parliament. Yes, I have actually I did see that, so I'm glad you raised that. That's a beauty. Um, there's some uh, wine news um, ah, that I'll take you through. Very there's good. Um, a, a bit of bit of news on the restaurant scene, Scotty. Yes. We're back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah back tomorrow. Which is very good. Yeah, but I, I think we, we should have a uh, discuss yeah. on that because, you know, I did read a little piece today where said, you know, it's great, we're going to go to the pub tomorrow, if you, you know, you can do that. But you can't stand and chest the timber. You've, you've got to get your drink no. and go to a table and be 8,000 miles away from everybody else and eat your meal and go home. Quite surprising. <laughs> Quite surprising. Anyway. Um, I've got some little odds and sods. I've yep. got a story about a man who's been up a tree, up a, up a, up a tower for a year. I did see that. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. very funny. Yeah. Um, I've got something on dwarf donkeys and um, <laughs> I've got a little bit on burgers and I've got also some stuff. On um on on the Ruby Princesses. Oh, now I saw that it's had it's had another uh, uh, So much to cover. All right. Well, much I can. Uh, well, I tell you, uh, pleasingly, I can report to you that I don't know what you've been reading, but it's almost nothing that I read, and that's a really good thing. <laughs> how, how two people can read exactly. The same now I'm going to, uh, but I am going to. I'm going to. You know how we sort of dance around, and we're not we're not too bad at dancing around the, uh, a hot topic. But I'm going to go, I'm going to call it for what it is, mm. because it was on TV, and personally, I didn't like it, and I think it's potentially the root of the problem. Um, we'll come back to that. Uh, I'm going to talk to you. Scotty's rant, isn't it? Well, no, it's not so much a rant, because I'm going to have to be, it's a delicate subject, right. let me tell you. 
no, my rant today, I'll, I'll tell you what I need you to do, old son, mm. is uh, I need you to find me. Uh, it's uh, Take a Long Line by the Angels. Right. Right. I yes. need you to cue that up for me, and everybody will enjoy the song because it's, you know, all of our funksters from the 70s and 80s, you yeah. know, that was it was on everybody's playlist. It was. Um, but I want you to cue that up from at some point. Yep. You, you can just play it without me knowing. Whenever you're ready. Mate. And then I will come straight off the back of that <laughs> and talk you through my yesterday. Okay. Good. Very <laughs> um, good. Then uh, I'm going to uh, – Clint Eastwood turned 90. Did he? Yes, either yesterday or today. I, I, I didn't have the date on the bit of paper I had. Right. So I don't have, anyway, if it was yesterday or today, uh, he's uh, 90, doesn't want any uh, any fanfare. Uh, Kylie's um, expanding her portfolio. Yes, uh, I did see this. Kylie Minogue. Yes. Um, and she's got into wine. Yes. And uh, was that what you were going to talk about? I have. Okay. And the reviews are in. Yes. Well, I tell you what, I'll handball that straight over to you. You can take care of that. Yes. Uh, but I thought... Didn't she get a nice touch-up? Yes. Uh, uh, um, i tell you what, we've never, I don't think we've ever done on this show, and we're going to do it today. Uh, I'm going to do a little piece on fashion. Oh, although, well, although well. We, we haven't done, we've done budgie smugglers and jeans, haven't we? Have. We have, we've done budgies. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so I stand corrected. We have, but I've got, a, I've got another little fashion piece. I'm going to play a little game with you. Right. Um, so I've got a pair of shoes, a top, a watch, and a bag. I just want you to have a guess how much they cost. Right. All right? Well, we'll do that a little so, later. Uh, yeah, so we'll come back to that. Um, I think we're going to get a friend of the program on. We are. Uh, we are probably a not to, Yeah, not too distant future. Um, and... And we're just going to have a, a, an open-ended chat to him about uh, some AFL stuff. Uh, we're going to talk to him about uh, the racing, because he's quite into his uh, races as well. He certainly is. Um, and the theory around, you know, should Cox Plate be on same day as Grand Final? Yes, no, maybe. What, a, what, what does that mean? Um, and then we're also going to have a chat to him about... Uh, I'll tell you a question I do want to pose him, because I heard this yesterday. I thought it was quite fascinating that some of the contracts that these players have signed, a lot of them are back-ended. Um, with some uh, you know, some big coin. Mm. So what <laughs> what happens when they all have to take a pay cut next year when the salary cap goes from X to X minus two? Mm. Um, what does that mean? They've got a contract. What does that mean? So I, I want to get uh, our friend of the program, uh, Stu. I want I want his take on that, um, and that will be a segue for us to give him a, an absolute right rule grilling. Because he's got an ear in it, Carlton. He he's does. a big Carlton man, right? He's a big, but he's well, big influence he's well connected. Yes. Uh, he well sh- connected. He shared a text with a group of us the other day, and uh, it came from right in the inner sanctum. Yes. So uh, I'm just going to find out who he knows, what he knows, and uh, and we'll have a bit of fun around that as well. Uh, what else have I got? Oh, I've got a little bit of mafia. I'm going to talk about um, mammals. Nice. You know what they are? Those things on two wheels go around Mid- Beach Road. Middle-aged men in luck. Right? Yes. yes. So Those I might have, might have a little bit of a rant about that. And then, as I say, I'm going to talk to you about my, my day out yesterday. So anyway, I'm well, nearly hoarse. I'm, so over to you. I'm <laughs> going to lead you off with something today that really caught my eye. So I'm going to play Ooh. a little bit of music yes. and uh, by way of introduction to this. Very good. And see if you recognise this song. Yep. Recognise it. <laughs> Yeah, 
sing along there. So that's the Scorpions, right? That's ah, the Scorpions. now I never knew the name of the band. Yes, that, and that's a song called Wind of Change. Now, why that caught my eye, Scotty, yes. is there's a podcast. <laughs> like you've got a wry smile. I love it when you have that <laughs> right. You're laughing internally that hard you almost can't get this going. <laughs> uh, so a podcast uh, created by New York journalist Patrick Radden, Keith, um, is the top trending pod- podcast globally on Google. Yep. And among the top 10 podcasts on Apple and iTunes in the US and Australia, yes. uh, it's uh, created a rumour that that song, Wind of Change, which, is, which was written in 1991 from German rock band The Scorpions, yep. was actually written by the CIA as a soft power bid to hasten the dissolution of the USSR. In pr- <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making this Are up. serious? Uh, it's uh, it's it's been a it's rumoured on this uh, podcast uh, yeah. that um, they uh, it had nefarious origins and uh, <laughs> it's it's emerged now as a conspiracy theory given that there's tensions um, between the Russians and the Americans and the Chinese etc. Yeah, and. Uh, there's also a renewed focus in the media on the idea of battling superpowers evoked by the podcast. He says, the Cold War way of thinking about the world is separated between communist world and the free world. We do see a lot today right across the political spectrum that appeals to the oversimplified thinking in the dynamic between Australia, China, US, China, US, Russia. <laughs> so he's rumoured that um, the CIA actually wrote that song. Oh. To destabilise the USSR. Since the podcast's debut uh, earlier this month, streams for that song have increased by 17% to more than 252 million plays. You're joking. So they'd be absolutely loving it, the Scorpions. Wouldn't they ever? The royalty rights I was going to say, they'd just open up a bag and just let it fall in, I think. I'm not making this stuff up. This is so, so funny. And then... In a week that found the Morrison government commit to broadcasting local TV shows, Neighbours and The Voice in the Pacific yeah. in an apparent bid to counter Chinese influence in the region. Oh, stop it. <laughs> There's also a history of governments, institutions and corporations using pop culture to persuade populations um, of, of a certain uh, inkling. So, oh, this is absolutely fantastic stuff. So, wind of change there. Uh, that's written by the CIA, apparently, not the Scorpions. <laughs> well, well, it sounded as though to me you, you'd been to the uh, Freedom of Information page and something after 30 or 50 years has uh, been released. It's a very entertaining and crazy story, but it's not true at all, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it's fake news, um, as Donald Trump would say. But it did inspire me for this week's song theme. Yes. And all of my songs uh, have change in the title. Oh. So uh, it, some good has come out of that article, and I've got many, many songs, many of which I can't play, so it's going right. to be, I'm just going to have to manoeuvre okay, my way and just... feel what mood I'm in, depending on what song I play, but uh, right, eh? I thought I'd lead off the bat with that. There are a bit of fake news about the CIA oh, and music. It. You love that? I uh, do love that. That is absolutely magnificent. It's... Um... Now, uh, what else can I tell you? Uh, I can tell you. Do you want to do? Oh no, I love this one. This was a beauty. I just saw. Uh, I mean, we're all. It's difficult times, mm-hmm. and uh, you know everybody's doing it a bit tough. 
um, you know, on uh, on different fronts. Um, but there was one here that did catch my eye. So when I actually hear, uh, when, sorry, when I actually see a headline that says, has two words in it, drug, uh, sorry, three words, drug, king, and poor, it doesn't quite assimilate to me. No. All right? No. I'm just thinking it's, it's uh, surely, even if this, these dudes get caught, you just reckon they might have dug a bit of a hole somewhere and put, you know, a bit just, of cash. Just five, ten mil just yeah. tucked away, which would probably just be two transactions based on the world these blokes playing. Uh, no. Um, we need to feel sorry for this poor chap. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, drug lord uh, Rafael Caro. Quintero <laughs> yeah. from Colombia. Colombia. <laughs> from Colombia. Uh, a notorious. Uh, and when they use notorious, I mean, yeah. he's he's a bad dude. This one, yeah. right? He's he's notorious underworld figure who's on the FBI's uh, most wanted list for the murder of a federal agent. Ooh, right? Serious. So dude. yeah. So you know, he gets a bit hot on hot under the collar. Uh, said an illegal appeal that he has no money. He's too old to work. Oh, really? Um, and the other thing he doesn't qualify for, what What do you think he might not qualify for? Uh, the doll? Um, nearly. Yeah? Yeah, pension. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the odd plea was filed by his lawyer seeking uh, an injunction against his arrest or extradition to the US for kidnapping and murder. <laughs> Uh, but, Your Honour, I don't have a pension. Uh-huh. I don't think he'll have to worry about a pension. I reckon there's a house for him. I reckon it's got a bed. I reckon it's got a table. I reckon uh, it'll be very quiet. He'll be the only one in there, yep. and he'll die in there. Hopefully there's no exercise it's bikes called, in there. It's called prison, buddy. Yeah. All the very best. Hasta la vista. Hasta la vista, buddy. Hey? <laughs> Seriously, we don't hold back here, do we, Ruts? No. We just do not hold back here at the Two Smoking Guns. And if you want to join us, um, you know, we, we haven't been doing a lot of this lately, but if you want to send us an SMS, you know, just say good day, call out, uh, somebody's birthday, um, whatever it is, celebration of the pub. Opening tomorrow, zero four zero four triple zero seven three six. Well, yeah. not only are the pubs open tomorrow, yeah. Scotty, but the restaurants are back open, and but there are rules, right? All right. Well, talk to me about that. So, from eleven fifty nine tonight, so look out, uh, <laughs> look out at midnight. Um, you, rule one: twenty people allowed in an enclosed space. Oh, um, all venues must place limits on entry to ensure there's one customer per four square kilometres. Um, there's a great model song, two people, two, I'll, I'll dig it up, that's, um, two people are I? Two people per square kilometre oh, or something like oh, that, really? off their first record, oh, I'll okay. dig, dig it up. Tables have got to be 1.5 apart, yep. um, venues must request contact details from every customer so that they can, um, track them and contact them if they need to. Yep. Got to clean, can't be sick, yep. uh, can't go for a drink only, you've got to have a feed. Yep. And uh, strict fines, etc. So all that's coming back. And uh, I thought it was odd timing that I read in the paper today, Shane Delia, yep. who uh, runs Maha in the city. Yes. He's launching a new food delivery platform I, called Providor. Yeah, I did read that. Which brings meals from Cumulus, Supernormal, Sunda, Movida, Flower Drummer, Stel, the Everly, Tippo and Maha to people's homes. Now, this has been going on for some time, Scotty. We've, yes. we've been the recipient of several boxes of food delivered by various restaurants. Right. 
uh, when you cook them, right. you know, it, it arrives semi-prepared and you whip it up and you think you're a genius, right? Yes. But this is on time to be launching this particular service, I would have thought, because we can go to a restaurant now. We don't need to get the deliveries. Yeah. So I think his timing is a bit odd. Um, are they, is there any saving by having said food delivered? No, it's, a, it's an activity. I tell you, you know, where the saving the, is involving though. people, you know, give, yeah. you know, give them all the ingredients they cook it, so they yeah. feel good about themselves. Yeah. But um, and they've got to. I understand that they've got to probably make a little bit of money on the side because they're not going to pack their restaurants out. Yeah. But um, timing-wise, should have been probably done two months ago. So I think it's a bit odd. I tell you where the saving comes in there, though. You go no washing would, up. Well, no, yeah, no saving for the punter. Mm. In that. Uh, albeit that you've got to cook the food, uh, don't have to prep it, but you've got to still cook it. You're not be you, you can bring your own wine to your own house. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're not you're not buying a seventy dollar bottle of Chardonnay that's nineteen ninety five at uh, <laughs> at Sleepy Sam's. <laughs> so you've got you've got now twenty people right from tomorrow. Yeah, and then on the twenty second of June, unless Dan changes his mind, <sighs> we can have up to fifty people. In the um, in the restaurants and cafes and pubs, so it's gradually starting to reopen, mate. And uh, mm. it's uh, it was it was interesting that I read too that we all now must prepare our pets for our return to the office. Um, this is oh, true. Right. Uh, after months at home, an owner's sudden absence can cause anxiety. So there's some tips here oh, right. for uh, how to ease your pet back into uh, normality. Take it to work. With um, you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one way to do it. You know, start walking your dog in the morning before you'd normally leave for work. Teach your pet to cope with separation by gradually spending less time with them. Leave your pet at home for short periods to give them, um, you know, helps create a positive association when you leave them alone. So leave them a treat when you leave. Yeah. And then gradually, um, you know, ease yourself off them. So it's important that we remember the pets yeah, okay. as we return I mean, I, to normal. I, I get that. Scotty. Yeah, I get that. It's mm. um, anyway. I'm, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I will tell you what. I reckon if I I've got a couple at home, and if if they caught cotton on the fact I was going back to work, I reckon they'd both be in the front seat of my car. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> they've absolutely anyway. loved having them around. Oh, if, if, no. if you're a dog owner, they've loved having you around. If you're a cat owner, I think all the cats want want people oh, to go yeah, away. My, my bloke's absolutely sick and tired of them <laughs> just hanging around, you know, driving you mad. But so there's some rules. But I am excited oh. about getting out to the restaurants again, Scotty. Well, I do you? Admit. I tell you what, it just sort of came to mind as you were talking about that, and then probably at the. I mean, you, you know, you, you you're at the sort of pointy end of um, some of the. Uh, culinary um, delights that you just read out, um, you know, pointy end in terms of those restaurants. I wonder whether any of them have created some little special uh, for dinner tonight at midnight. Well, that's very good I wonder whether they've, just, they've rung 20 of their best clients yeah. or 10 of their best clients. Just come in for a sneaky midnight. We'll just come in at midnight and we'll cook you up an absolute feast and uh, you and you and the Dale um, or whoever... And get 20 of your best clients in. And um, do you know what I'd do? I'd uh, I'd put it on the house. Oh, just, you know, you're your frequent. Best, your best 20. Your best right? 20. Your best 20. Get them in. I mean, you've copped it in the neck for three months. One more one more night of, of a yep. couple of shekels. Yep. And I reckon you'd have them for life. Yeah, you'd get them back, wouldn't you? Hey. You'd have them on. I mean, it'd be talking point. 
Yeah. You know? Imagine somebody saying, uh, you know, uh, Gilbert Lau. Gilbert Lau. Lau. He rang me. And uh, me, and the dollar, me, in. me and the dollar are going into the drum tonight. Into and uh, in for a midnight snack. Yeah, 12.01, we'll be uh, seated by 12, uh, 12.25. The, the men's 100 trolleys would have come and yes, gone. Yes, come and gone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that'd, that'd be quite an experience. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Midnight dining. Yeah, mid, yeah the, the midnight return. <laughs> yeah. The midnight express. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very good. All right. All right. Uh, we'll take a little break. All right. And after the break, we will kick off. Um, with our uh, first song about change, and then we'll have our guest, and then we'll we? get um, we'll get old old mate on. Old mate, yeah. lovely. Talk to you in a minute, righto? When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. Jessica was only three years old when her mum died. Still hurting from the loss as a teenager, her mental health declined and she turned to drugs and alcohol. Thanks to Mission Australia, Jessica received support to process her trauma and heal from her dependencies. Finally, she can smile at the future. Please donate today to help a young person turn their life around. Call 1-800-888868 or visit missionaustralia.com. Australia needs to wake up to the potential dangers of drinking alcohol. The Salvation Army's new alcohol awareness campaign highlights that low levels of alcohol consumption can increase the risk of breast cancer as well as colorectal cancer. Australians continue to drink at very damaging levels. Get the facts for yourself by downloading a free brochure on alcohol from salvationarmy.org.au. That's salvationarmy.org.au. Southern FM. The sounds of the Bayside.
Here we go, Scotty. That's our first song about change. And that's Cheryl Crow, where change will do you good. Oh, I thought that was the Crow, uh, the uh, crow Master. The Crow Master? <laughs> crow Lady? Crow Lady. So, uh, yeah, the so we're going to play a few songs today about change. Yeah, very good. Um, but things are changing. Um, and um, we've got a special guest on the line, Mr. Kay Stewie. Morning, well, afternoon, Jim. Afternoon, uh, afternoon, afternoon, Stu. And, and uh, uh, if people recall, we've had Stewie on once before, and uh, he was talking to us all things uh, sort of finance and stock market related. But uh, we've we've got him to put on a, another hat today, haven't we, Rutsy? We, that, we, uh, we've we've got him put on several <laughs> different hats of varying sizes <laughs> and shapes. These are our, uh, questions without notice. That's Is that right. Where we're going That's with right. this. That's Although right. I did give him a bit of a heads up if he was listening earlier as to what we what we might tap into him for. So Stewie, yeah, um, you haven't told him yet. No That's the problem. So he's on the, fi- well, on the line, it, but he's very confused. Just show whether he was listening to our program, right? See, all right. So it's a bit of the uh, if uh, if he was, he'll be in good shape. If not, we might get him on the hop. But anyway, no, we're all in uh, all a bit tongue in cheek, Stewie. We just want to have a chat to you. Uh, I posed the question to Rutsy last week and um, and it was his homework for the week and I haven't even asked him whether he's uh, thought any more about it. I oh, deeply. But I oh, deeply as he reclines back in his chair. Um, my question was uh, fantastic the footy's coming back and starting in 11 days, whatever it is 11 days, 10 days, so the Thursday week um, and my question was uh, without notice uh, AFL kicks off, uh, we've got no fans and we get to about round 12 or 13, and for some bizarre and unknown reason, we get another wave of COVID-19. What happens? Mm-hmm. I think there'd be very little chance that it would be a premiership year if you couldn't get X number of games played. Yep. And, and that, that would probably mean that they all had to play once, I would have thought. Yep. Uh, otherwise, it'd be one of those years where it'd have an asterisk next to it, you know, uh, did not finish or whatever the case may be. Yep. I don't think you can have a compromise draw where, you know, you end up not playing four of the top sides yep. because they got cancelled. Then you say, right, I will have the, whoever's on top at that time wins the premiership. You still need to have a grand final, which wouldn't happen, obviously, under that uh, scenario. Yeah. Um, so I'd be surprised. I, I, having said that, seems very unlikely that that's going to occur, given the way things are uh, playing out. Yeah, I mean, look, yes, uh, albeit that, uh, I mean, I just, it makes me just a touch nervous. I, I keep hearing and seeing, reading, um, just, you know, what would a second wave look like? And I just, my gut tells me if there was supreme optimism that we were going the right way, um, is there a chance that tomorrow we actually, you know, it's a bit like the running of the bulls, you know, are we actually going to get this right by opening up what we have? We had 11 new cases, not last night, the night before. We had eight the night before that, um, you know, and at this point in time, New Zealand's got one. So we're still getting more and they've only got one live case and they haven't got any new ones coming on. So I just, I'm a little bit, and I'm not being sceptical and I'm not, I'm not being the doomsayer. I'm just saying, do you, do you think, in your opinion, has the AFL thought about uh, a plan B, should that be the case? I would say absolutely. In the war room, they'd be having yep. contingency one, two and three. Yep. I do think, though, bear in mind, these guys are pretty much in stage three lockdowns anyway. 
yeah. the players, and, and they're in their hubs and they're, they're doing a lot. So the, the AFL players are probably in the more uh, rarefied position of being the most unlikely to get it yeah. in, in many ways. So the chances of it spilling into the system are pretty slim. There's, there's a chance that, the, that in suburbia there could be another way. That, and all of these are clusters, these 11s at the moment, you know, the Ridges Hotel yep. and um, then a place in Keelor and things like that, all yep. very localised. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think the footballers, they've pretty much got them under lock and key right here, right now. So you reckon, man, they can't see, see anyone. So you reckon that... Uh, and, and let me just take your, just chew through your point you just made. So you reckon even if we as punters get locked down again and get told nuts nah, another three months at home, you reckon the footies found a a bubble whereby it could continue through a, through a second wave. I reckon. Yeah. And I think I think um, racing's been a classic example of that. Hasn't missed a beat. Yep. They've adjusted. Made it only, and the end of the day, footy's not going to have crowds more than likely this year anyway. So we're not worrying about that. Yeah. We've got enough venues to be able to deal with it. Um, yeah, I think I think we're I think we're okay. Um, okay. And thank goodness that we are. Yeah, I think the economic imperative insists that footy can, continues <laughs> on, mate. So I think it's e- economy over lives at this point. I think I think that's a mental health piece more than anything. It's called, we need it. Back. It's called sanity. We need well, it back. I, I want the front bar back. That's what I want back. Yeah. Now, I'll pose a question to both of you, if I may. Uh, have you watched any of the rugby since Thursday night? Uh, never watched rugby and never not going to start now. Stu, over to you. Did I? Really? No, no. No, I don't watch it. Gee, I, uh... I probably tune in one game a year, which would be the grand final. Or the state of um, origin. Well, I'll tell yeah, you what. State of origin. Well, I'll tell you what, then. You've, what you've both potentially missed is uh, state of origin-esque games. So you think about these players that have been locked up for three months. If you don't reckon they didn't go a little bit hard, got the angry pills. Their, oh, oh, and didn't the storm get a touch up last night? They've gone down the twenty-two six. So I haven't um, been reading the sports pages. No, well I sort There's of I'm a little bit the same because I mean we're not you know we're not renowned here for uh, for wanting to sort of pump up all the mainstream sports. There's enough other people that do that. So um, now Stu, so I'm what up, happens, yeah, Scotty? Yeah. Because I, I haven't thought this through, so I've got an expert on the line to take me through this. <laughs> because doesn't the AFL now collapse into the racing carnival? It used to be always that well, you'd have your grand final, exactly where I was, and going. you'd have a week off, and yep. then you'd be into the racing season, yep. and the back pages would. Stop talking about the Premier and start, you know, you'd have six pages of, of horse flesh. So I've got three parts to this. Yeah. Mm. Stu, uh, mm-hmm. Cox Plate Grand Final Day, um, back-to-back. Um, yep. Part B, um, the Caulfield Cup being completely kiboshed out to about the end of November. Um, and I can't think that, of the, that looks to be. <laughs> I can't think of the third one, but anyway, uh, those well, two. Yeah, what, think, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it, the Cox Plate will work around the Grand Final, whether it's a day or a night. Yep. So, if, is it probably a fifty-fifty chance that the AFL will have a night Grand Final? Is yep. that due to clashes at the Cox Plate in the Grand Final? Yeah, but the twenty-fourth of October is right. the date that they're talking. Okay. Yep. And I would think on that basis, the Cox Plate will either go the day leading into the Grand Final. We'll either go the night after the grand final yeah, it's a good, in the same day. It's a good day. Which way do you go? Double header. You go to both. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying, though. But, I mean... Well, you go to the Cox Plate, and then you go home and watch the grand final, because you won't be going. You won't be going. 
No, that's exactly right. Yeah, and, um, Caulfield, you... Caulfield Cup is going to roll out to about November the 24th. But you won't be going uh, to Cox Plate either. No, you won't be going to anyway. What about the... Everything's, everything's on telly. What about the Melbourne Cup? That has to be on Melbourne uh, Cup. That'll, that won't move. Uh, cup, cup week's pretty well locked in mm. um, with, with clearly no crowds. So that's a big loss for the VRC. Um, I don't know about Caulfield and the end of November, whether there'd be... You might be able to get a few people there. Maybe you do it just at a corporate level, and, and so that people you know have to sit down and eat. Yeah, true. And, and just um, uh, from a naive um, uh, horse person's perspective, or somebody that just doesn't follow racing, just explain to us um, the correlation uh, between the Caulfield Cup and the Melbourne Cup. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the machinations around that. Uh, I mean, some people might think, oh, well, you know, if they don't know anything about horse racing, they might think, oh, the horse that wins the Caulfield Cup, uh, why don't they go and put it in the Melbourne Cup and it could go and win the Melbourne Cup? But that's actually not the case, is it? it historically, it's been a good lead-up. Yep. So the, if you can win a Caulfield Cup, you would probably go and run in a Melbourne Cup. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, and, and, be, and be one of the top favourites, I would have thought. Yeah, right. Um, but given that it's changed, I think you might find a greater emphasis on Cox Plate into Caulfield Cup. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Especially for the, the better horses. Yep. I mean, Melbourne Cup at the end of the day, not to denigrate, you know, a, a national icon, but it's a two-mile handicap, yep. which is not, it's very hard to prepare for those things, and yep. very few horses run two miles. So yep. it's, a bit of a, it's, it's a bit of a side event, whereas the 2,400 metres of the Caulfield Cup and the 2,000 metres of the Cox Plate a lot more horses can get involved in that. And there'll be probably $5 million each to win each of those. Yep. So the prize money is well worth, well worth chasing. And it's been said that given there's probably a month between, yep. you could have race on Cox Plate Day, probably have one more run two weeks later, yep. and then into the Caulfield Cup. Yep, and you're actually stepping up, stepping up in distance from 2,200. So how do they still offer $5 million, um, without any crowds? It's uh, punting money. Most of them. Punting yeah, money. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's skim. It's the skim. That's my naive question for the day. <laughs> no, it's, that's okay. But the other, so. the other point is it's still a brand. And just because people aren't there yeah. doesn't mean they're not watching. True. So, True. you know, whatever the Caulfield Cup's called, I don't know what it is. And what they probably do is still maintain that the good race gets X amount of money yep. and just skim it off some of the provincials or, you know, other... Yep. Other races, and the uh, the other yeah, yeah. factor here, um, and I'm just thinking aloud, the what they call every year the overseas raiders. Will they actually be uh, allowed yep. to come? I don't believe so. No, no I don't think they'll so be. Therefore, here. the Japan, so, no Japanese, no Irish, no Irish horses, and no. they've been fairly uh, no fairly dolphins prominent in recent years. I have. But I guess what we've got running around in Australia now is we've bought a few of them. So right. You know, they might be running under the Aussie flag, but they're, you know, they're bred as imports. But I've, I've had a look at the early markets in the Melbourne, Melbourne Cup, for example. They're all local horses. Yeah. Um, uh, there's one that's not, Russian Camelot, Danny O'Brien. That's an import that's been bought overseas. I was just about to ask um, you what he's got, <laughs> the winner of uh, yeah. last year's Melbourne Cup. So it was fascinating yeah, well, to know what he had. He's still around, yeah. He's got a couple. And there's yep. a thing that ran... I think it ran fourth or fifth last year called Surprise Baby. It's probably as good a chance as any. And it probably should have won last year. And yeah, it'll right. go around again this year. So it, it is marginalised. 
yep. um, given it's not open. And there's no, there's absolutely no doubt the Japanese stayers are the best in the world. Yeah. Um, and, and they won't be here, but the money at home for them is still pretty good. What makes them so? so what makes them so, Stu, in uh, terms of them being best stayers? Is it, a, is it just probably, their training methods or is it because of where they live and train? And uh, what is it? Probably their bred. I mean, right. there's, a, there's a, a very strong tendency to try and breed horses that will run over a distance where yep. our breeding industry in Australia is dominated by sprinting. Sprinting, yeah. Got it. Yeah, that yeah. seems to be. If you go to any yearling sales, it's all no one's got the patience to wait for a horse to turn four or five yep. to become to become a good stayer. They all want a two year old that's winning over a thousand metres, twelve hundred metres. Yep. And it's just that's, that's the nature. If you've got a bit of patience, there's probably a, a really good way to make money out of racing. It's all, to, all of these Gen X and Gen Y owners, see? They just want it now. <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, no, very good. Well, that's a good piece. Now, um, Stu, uh, this was the uh, the piece that Rutsy and I were uh, pontificating over earlier. Uh, you're a very big blues man, uh, Carlton yeah. Football Club. And, yeah, we're uh, only one game out of the eight, too. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're going well. Yeah, no, you're having a good season so far. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So um, now I said to Rutsy, uh, I'm sure old mates, uh, I, I feel as though he's fairly well connected in it, uh, at the inner sanctum up there in Carlton. And uh, I think uh, we were we caught up uh, over a Zoom, I think, the other week sometime. And uh, yeah, I think you might have even read a text. The name escapes me and I wouldn't use it even if I had it. Uh, but I think you got a text from somebody very deep in the in the bowels of Carlton, and then uh, and my motivation was because of the uh, a piece in the paper today. Uh, Carlton's leadership core is sick of not winning games of footy, and uh, and has helped drive um, an across the board improvement training standard skills according to the Blues head of performance Andrew Russell. Uh, their intent and quality of training has gone up by five or ten percent. So, give us the uh, give us what you know, Stuart, about the Blues. Okay, um, I do know that they had their first, let's call it intra club on Friday. Yep, uh, and one of my guys said it was the most intense and competitive piece of work that he's ever seen there, mm. and that was he's probably five years at the club. Right. So I think back to your NRL analogy, they're all out of, yeah. you know, the stable, the stable doors open. Yeah. There's a lot of pent-up anxiety. Yep. And they went very, very hard. Mm. Now, they've come back in really good shape, yep. led to believe, but yep. everyone says that. You know, yeah, that's but, right. But apparently... Yeah, ben Reid says that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've worked, they've worked hard in yep. lockdown. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're ready to go. I think the, the Carlton's... It's been said that because there's very little touch time between now and the first game and, you know, you, you spend three to four months planning and doing all of this stuff to get team um, structures and all that stuff, it's hard for a new team. It's hard for new guys yep. to fit in under that structure. Yep. Whereas if you've got a, a, a team that's played 100 games together, like yep. a Richmond, yep. they, all, they already know what each other's doing. Yeah. And I think there's a big advantage to probably the little bit more experienced groups in the AFL, and they'd be the ones I'd be focusing on because of this lack of touch time. Yeah. But back to back to Carlton. I mean, it, 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 I think that leadership comment is absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, how long? How long do you have to wait? So who's who in that uh, in that uh, leadership group yeah. too? So uh, 
And as you say, you know, not just names, but names with uh, significant skill and games under their belt. So, um, Stu, I think time's got the better of us uh, because uh, Rutsy's screaming at me, telling me that uh, if we don't play some of our sponsors... No, we'll do that and we'll come back. Oh, can you hang on, Stu? We'd like to grab you on the other side of this. Righto, very good. Over to you, Rutz. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. As part of Victoria's big build, we're removing level crossings in the southeast. Buses will replace trains on the Frankston and Stony Point lines between Moorabbin and Mordialic until the 26th of July. Find out if you're affected at bigbuild.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. Southern FM sponsor. In times like these, you can watch your favourite artists from the comfort of your living room, from their home to yours. But when it comes to the real thing, it takes an army of workers to help put a concert on. They can't work right now, but they're ready and waiting to do it all again. Until then, you can support the artists and the crew behind the scenes by donating to Support Act. Support Act, the heart and hand of Australian music. Too many people with a mental health condition see no way out. Eight people die by suicide each day in Australia. Three million are living with anxiety or depression. Beyond Blue Support Service is here to help. Your donation can help save lives. And you're back with Two Smoking Guns. We've got Stewie on the line, Stewie K, talking about the Blues' good fortunes this year. And I guess uh, it uh, it doesn't be repeating that if you're not sharp and fresh and fit now, yep. you never will be. Um, and I think every other team is uh, training the house down, as they say. <laughs> um, but um, the Blues, who have they got first up round, around two, Stewie? Uh, they, they got the Ds. They got the Ds. Uh, and I think it's a marvel. Which oh, is, yes. we wouldn't play them yeah. there too often. But well, Melbourne, uh, yeah. Melbourne supporters might not know just as well. There's no crowds allowed because they wouldn't yeah. know where that was. The Docklands. <laughs> it's not on the way to the snow. No, it's not on the way to the snow. <laughs> uh, we we'll have to look at Max Gorn's hairstyle, oh, which is apparently well. a he thing looks of beauty. He, he looks as though he's dropped a couple of kegs. He's a, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. So um, that's good. To, good. Good for all the Carlton supporters out there. It's heartening to hear that they're training the uh, the lights down, and they're five percent training five percent harder than they ever have been. Yeah, five which, to ten. Which begs the question: Why now? Why have well, why I, they been doing fact, it, it last year? I was year? going to pose that question to Stu, um, and I'm glad Stu, you could hang on uh, while we took a short sponsor break, um, because what I wanted to ask, and in all seriousness, and it's not about pointing fingers, but um, what uh, what wasn't uh, Brendan Bolton able to do? Now I, I sat I sat in a room with a bunch of people when he just got first appointed, and I mean his CV read as good as any. Uh, he spoke really well. Looked at he had a clear direction as to where things were going. What what was he not able to do with that group 
that they seem to be able to do a couple of weeks later and under Tiggy. Under Tiggy, yeah. Um, yeah. Can you have a That's, crack at that? Uh, yeah, I could. Um, I think when you've got very young men, uh, and, and I think it's pretty well on the record that the Carlton list was one of the youngest going around under Bolton, uh, and you've got to develop relationships in a different way. Um, you know, you've got to you've got to treat them, really build that relationship up. As I'm not saying you didn't, but this is you've got to become still their boss, but you've got to know their girlfriend's name. You've got to know yeah. what they do off the track, and and not just be 120 percent just football. Because it's a bubble as it is, and they're young men. They need outlets. They need a little bit of light relief from yeah. time to time, you know, just to bring it down a notch yeah. and, and have fun. As soon as you take the fun out of playing footy, yeah. it becomes a job, and then you wonder whether they're going to try when it really gets hard. Yeah. So I think that might have been a little bit a part of it. So is that uh, a personality no, piece? Is that because, uh, you know, and I mean, I, I know people in business that say, you know... Yeah. <laughs> You can't get you can't get too close to people because sometimes you might have to make a hard decision and you know make a call on something and um, you know and that and then that is a particular sort of relationship. Do do you think that um, he didn't know how or it wasn't in his DNA to be able to or, or the players didn't let him get as close as what you might be suggesting? Possibly, and I think you've got to be able to delegate. Um, everyone, and, and it's, a, it's a coaching group, not a coach these days. So you've got defence coaches, yeah, board coaches, mid-coaches, and they build up their own relationships, but they need autonomy as well to be able to do certain things. Yeah. I think the risk that a new coach often has is that they think they need to do it all. Yeah. And he might have had a good CV, but he'd never been a senior coach. Yeah, sure. And I think this is where St Kilda's going to win <laughs> big time out of Brett Ratton is because... He's he's been there once. He probably learnt a lot from it. Yep. I think, and what the I think the same situation might have been uh, for for Rats as well in his first gig. It yeah. just might have been a bit too intense. He certainly, uh, from all the looks of it, is enjoying himself second time around. Um, yep. He seems to have pretty good relationships going on with the players. We've got a pretty young group too, so yep. you know, fingers yep. crossed that uh, second time around he um, he gets an opportunity to do it better. Than yeah. he, than he did yeah. it first time. I've I've got a uh, I've got a work colleague who's uh, very closely tied to the Saints, and um, the one thing he just keeps telling me because I just ask him how the boys are going and you know what's going on. He's just he just keeps coming back to saying you have no idea the level of respect and rapport there is between the players and rats, and you know they would walk over hot coals, broken glass, and. You know, a, a, a Nile of crocodiles for him. Um, a Nile, a Nile of crocodiles. crocodiles. You like that? Um, and you know, and, and if that's the starting point, you know, and and I know he was critical of our skill level. Uh, how they, you know, I've re- released it now, being a Saints man. Um, he was critical of the Saints in terms of their skill level, um, saying it's just not up to not up to scratch. But uh, but still, I think you're right. I, I think uh, Carlton's loss, um, albeit, is uh, definitely going to be St Kilda's gain because um, every, everything I just keep hearing is just about the rapport, the energy, the feeling, um, and the rest of the stuff is sort of you know physical and, and mental. But if you've got that camaraderie and respect uh, from day dot, um, gee, it's not a bad start. Mm. And, and from what I hear, Teague's got very much that. 
yeah, um, right. with the Carlton players. Yeah. He's coached the VFL down there. He's known a few of them all the way through. So yeah, good. Um, I, I guess the disappointment for coach, sack coaches is they rarely get another opportunity. Yeah, and you, they might be absolutely brilliant second time around, given what they've learnt. But rarely do they get that opportunity. Um, which is a bit of a shame. Wouldn't be many other industries where that happens. Was Ratton was Ratton stiff at Carlton? Did did Carlton get caught like a deer in the headlights because they had the ability to get Malthouse? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Stu, but my recollection is that Rats's win loss ratio under his regime was something in the order of high sixties, low seventies. Am I mm-hmm. mistaken? No he, a, no, he had a good record. He had a very, very good record, but it seemed to have just come apart just towards the end. Yeah, right. Um, and, and I, I thought think he was stiff. A modern tri- I think his numbers would say he was. Yeah. Um, and he did, didn't look as though he got replaced by anyone who was any better and certainly didn't do any anything better than uh, what he'd already done. Yeah. He had a good list. He had a, had a good list of players. Um, I mean, Ratton was a star uh, and yeah. still highly regarded at the footy club. Yeah. Um, strategically, they say he's one of the best going around. Yeah, right. But being a senior coach is more than strategy, yeah, as we said. It's, yeah. You're a leader, yeah. and you have to do things another way. But well, he was very young yeah. still. Well, I guess we'll get to see as Teague v. Ratton round five. <laughs> Teague v. Ratton. <laughs> Carla take on St Kilda. Um, I, I said to Stewie, and I'm, I'm on the record here, I, I really haven't dramatically missed the AFL, to be honest. But oh. I've, I've really missed local footy Yep. Um, for all that it does and brings. And I know, Stu, you and I see each other on weekends at a, at a football club mm-hmm. down the road often. And um, that's what I'm missing. I'm missing the community getting together. I'm watching young men who are not playing for money. They're just playing for the love of the game. And um, mm. and the, the, the women are playing down there as well. It's, it's a fantastic atmosphere. So what, um, what are your views on whether the, the VAFA... Um, and other local leagues get back playing. I think I think the the, the one thing that the VAFA has in its favour is it's amateur, so you don't have a, a big um, wage bill, which is basically financed by crowd attendance. At the end of the day, yeah. Yep. So you, you've got you know, and the selling of the meat raffle and the, the over the bar, and you know, these wage bills in some of these districts at the sides are pretty large large bills. You know, you've got guys on thousand dollars a game and uh, that, that's just not there. So they, they're going to struggle to come back, and then or you tell the players that there's no pay this year. Do you still want to play? I don't know whether they would, because um, some of them it's a top up to the trade that they do, or you know the like. But amateur footy, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it came back and maybe we had nine games, so everyone plays everyone once, and maybe you have just a grand final. It'd be good because otherwise my fear is some of the guys that are probably, you know, around the 30-year-old mark, they might not play again if they don't get a chance to, to, to roll around this year because a year out of the game when you're a bit older is, is, is a long time. It is. It is. And, and that's a fair point. And I think, uh, you know, what they won't have this year is they won't have relegation, I wouldn't have thought. I don't know if they'll get all the way down to E-grade. That's that's a lot of administration that's required. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was a couple of the top divisions played out. Um, and as you say, just get young men and women back on the park, having a bit of fun. Yeah, that's what we want. How, how many? And forgive my uh, ignorance or not knowing the answer, but um, to either of you, how many teams are in the in the VAFA in, in each uh, section? Are there sort of twelve, 10, fifteen, ten? 10. So you can, and then you're probably sixty 
70 clubs, probably. Yeah, okay. So you, could, you could comfortably play each other once over the next 10, 12 weeks and then have a semi and a final. Well, yeah, yes. I think they've, yes. They've, they've done a deal with the cricket clubs that they can eke into October right. um, if required. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the game... And, and once again, you've got to really be able to play Ron once to have a, a fair... Um, call it a fair year. Yeah, uh, otherwise it's highly and, compromised. And I've, I've spoken to the local cricket clubs or representatives thereof, and and they've got the advantage they can play Saturday, Sunday, one days. So they don't, they can yeah. no, yeah. they often play one days up to Christmas, and yeah. then they play, you know, Saturday, Saturday, two day games. Yeah, but they yeah. can collapse the season into one days and catch up pretty quickly. So yeah. I think they're, um, I think that's the attitude that the local cricket association are taking in, because footy yeah. will 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 sort of eat into their. October, November, yep. Um, yep. and um, and then the cricket can catch up after that. So strange times call for for strange measures, but we hope that they do get back. Oh, she, uh, just uh, and Stu, uh, we're very grateful for your time today, and uh, we don't want to hold you up a great deal longer. But I do, there is something I would like to share with you and Rutsy, just as a conversation piece, and I just happened to have come across this today. Um, it's an APS best of side from 1960 to 2000. Oh, very good. Uh, and I just uh, found it pretty interesting reading. So I'll uh, I'll start from the back. So this is this is APS players. Yeah. So so I remember we were talking APS about the old boys in the VAFA down here. So these are the guys that have actually gone, gone on and, and done super well um, from, from the back line. From the Scotty. back line. Uh, in Smith, Neil Smith from Nathan. Scotch. Nathan. Nick Smith. It says. Nick Smith. Yeah. Uh, Chris Langford yep. went to Melbourne Grammar. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack Hawkins went to Melbourne Grammar. On the half-back line, uh, Brad Scott went to Skivvies. Uh, Darcy Moore went to Kerry. <laughs> um, and BJ Goddard. Where'd BJ go? Caulfield. Yeah, Caulfield. Caulfield. That's it. Right. Well, in fact, I might even just throw the names and you boys can actually tell me what school they went to. Done. Right? Let's, uh, that'll be a bit of fun. Josh Kelly. Brighton Grammar School. Yeah. Joe Watson. Uh, yeah, spot on. Yeah, we've got a ding for Stu. Oh, he, you know, yes. come on, we've got to give him something. He's uh, he's he's filled up about three quarters of our show today. <laughs> he's carried us beautifully. Um, Andrew Gaff. Oh, Kerry. Oh, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. well done, digger. Uh, Toby Green. Oh, uh, I he. Lila. Mm, not quite. Yeah, back on the other, back on the other side of the Melbourne. On, on the other side of the Bible, mate. <laughs> Wesley. Wesley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Hendry. Scotch. Yes. Chief <laughs> Wizzy knows his gear, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, David Clark. Oh, God, I don't know. Geelong Grammar. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now here's one I didn't know. Cyril Rioli. A Melbourne Grammar. Scotch. Scotch. Scotchy. Oh, sorry, no, 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 no. Are you all right? First time, Stu, he's a Scotchy. Okay. Um, Tom Hawkins. Well, I think he went to Geelong. Geelong. Melbourne. Melbourne College. No, nah, Melbourne Grammar, that Melbourne. one, Stu. Uh, Jack Gunston. Scotch. On the rocks. On the rocks. <laughs> no? No. Halebury. Oh, here we go. John Newman. <laughs> well, the college or the grammar, the grammar. Sean Grammar. Yeah, he's the grammar boy. Uh, Chris Judd, Caulfield. Caulfield. Yeah, well done, lads. Uh, Jordan Degoey. Don't know. Oh, oh, um, oh, um, um, Xavier. 
the other side of the river. Ah, Scotchy. Skivvies. 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 Yeah. Um, and uh, Chris Scott, who is the coach. Well, he went, did, he did, went to Skivvies as well, didn't he? He did same, indeed. Same school as his brother. Now, here's one. I'll tell you what, there's a million dollars if either of you get this one. Who was the physio? Duncan Kellaway. Where'd he go? He, went, he played for Essendon. Oh, Stewie's just won the million dollars. <laughs> Gorfield, he's got oh, it. Really he's good. nailed it. Well done, Stu. That's brilliant. But I just thought, oh, that was a uh, interesting little piece to see where they all uh, where they all came from. And um, we got any uh, in, any uh, shining lights coming out of uh, out of BGS that you're aware of, Stu? That are heading for oh. uh, for greatness. I think in recent times you'd have to say. Um, uh, Andy uh, Andy McGrath's done that, pretty well. Andy McGrath. Yeah, look, he looks like a future captain of the Bombers, I reckon. Really? Um, the way he's going. Yeah, he was a number wow. one draft pick, so he's done well. You, I mean, you mentioned Josh Kelly. He's a star. You know, yep. he's, he's top ten players in the competition. Yep. Um, he might well, you know, be a Brownlow medalist and a premiership Jeez. player at some stage. Well, Angus Brayshaw um, from Melbourne, he, he came top five in the Brownlow the other year. He mm. did. Mm. Um, That's true. No, I don't. Brighton Grammar, no, not not quite the, the big names of... Of recent years, I would have thought. Where's the? Um, is there a hub? Is there a? Is there one particular school that really sort of manages to uh, to to fill the basket more than others? I think in recent times you'd have to say Haylebury's been um, gifted some good players. The King, uh, the King twins, the oh. King brothers, and I think you're going to have the St Kilda supporters going to have a lot of fun with that guy King. Mm. Um, yeah, as they say, I don't think there's anyone at St Kilda training better than him. Right. Um, he can do, he can do everything, run, jump, you know, you name it. They, they show you a bit of a start. Winks, they're calling him already. Uh, winks, that's right, they are too. Do we think uh, he might just need a bit more core strength, which only will come with games and age, though, I guess. But, uh, hey, Stu, um, we're extremely grateful for your time because we've pinched a, a whole lot of it today, but we thoroughly enjoyed getting uh, your take on things. Uh, Rutsy and I don't always uh, have all the answers, and it's nice to get somebody else's point of view about these things, and we certainly enjoyed your uh, solution synopsis of um, the, the finance world uh, several weeks back and uh, we'd love to keep getting you on from time to time to get your take on things and especially once footy's up and about um, yep. and maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll have a chat on the eve or, or, or post of the uh, Saints v Carlton game. Yeah. We'll, uh, pull, that one up, pull that one apart, eh? So, uh, well, Stuart, you good on you? Uh, no, you go. Thanks again. Good All on right. you, mate. Thanks Talk for soon. your time. Cheers, mate. See you.
Back to the guns. Um, that More was, change. of course, Tears for Fears, Scotty. Ah. If you remember the great Tears for Fears, shout, shout, yes, let I, it all out. That's right. Um, they had quite sowing the seeds of love, which was a good song. Mad yeah. World was their big one. Mad World, yes. Yeah, so that's uh, that's yeah, a song like off that. their first album called The Hurting, um, right. called yeah. um, Change, uh, which right. is um, song two. In my, well, song three, if you take into account the Scorpions that we started with, and yes. we had a bit of Cheryl, and then we've had a bit yeah. of Tears for Fears, and I've got about five or six lined up, and I can't make my mind oh, up on which ones I'm going to play, right but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Right but, uh, what firstly, you, what firstly you got? food and wine. Food and wine. Food and wine. We haven't done food and wine two, for a while. Two of my favourite things. Well, Now, um, young Kylie um, Minogue, has, yes. um, uh, she has, she's 52. Yeah. Um, and she has launched, after two years of collaboration with UK company Benchmark Drinks, yep. she's launched a rosé named after her. So it's ep- eponymous, I think they call right. that. Okay. Um, so um, she's enjoyed partnering to develop her signature rosé with Benchmark Drinks. I have a great passion for rosé, and I've loved working for the last two years to develop Kylie Minogue Wines. Right. So um, that's that's nice, isn't it, that she's launched a rosé? And yeah. the reviews are in. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I might so, have got the um, review piece. Kylie Minogue's <laughs> new signature wine being sold in British supermarket yeah. Tesco yeah. has been savaged in a newspaper review. The Southern French rosé, which hit shelves this week to coincide with the I Should Be So Lucky singer's 52nd birthday, received a 
thumbs down. Very unlucky, I think. Yes, yes. Minogue was a key part of the wine's production process, picking a juicy and refreshing pale pink with notes of red berries and white blossom, she said. (laughs) Do you think that's where the problem was? A review, yes. A review... In the Times, um, did not share her enthusiasm for the drop. She was enthusiastic. Mm. I can confirm, this is Jane McWitty, um, who is the the wine reviewer for the Times. Yes. I can confirm that the wine within this pot-bellied clear glass bottle, looking suspiciously like Brangelina's mouth-watering Maravel Rosé, (laughs) is a coarse, surly, sweet yet bitter disappointment. It has 4.4 grams per litre of residual sugar, hence its sickly finish. Right. Forget the enjoy with love, Kylie, marketing message. Anyone spending the best part of a tenner on this, like most of the long line of celebrity endorsed wines, needs their head examined. <laughs> That's a fair old Bang! Whack. That's a fair old whack, isn't it? I mean, so, to, uh, to say you could have bought something else or... Um, it's a shame you got that because I think you might have enjoyed this more. No, you need to have your head examined. Correct. If you're that's a whack, that isn't it? Oh, that's a good whack. Now, speaking of wine, Scotty, yeah. I did notice that James Halliday, who's a oh. renowned um, uh, scribe, well, he's a he's a wine critic, yes, and he and he Correct. rates wines. And yes, he does those sorts of things. He's yes. um, he's uh, one of the best in the world uh, at his caper, James Halliday. Now he's got. He's got 8,000 wines in his cellar. Of course he has. And, um, Did he move into uh, Nobu? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's got 8,000 wines, uh. and what he's doing is he's putting a few online. So right. he's selling 250 bottles from his collection of Domaine de la Romanie Conti, or DRC wines, considered to be amongst the best in the world. So these are from Burgundy in France, and are they, they are considered the Ferrari of, of red wine. Yeah, right. Um, so, for example, you can get a cheapie. You can get the 2009 DRC for 3000 bucks. Oh, a of bottle. You yeah. Or you can go for the 1973 valued to sell at $12,000 per bottle. Oh, of course. Yes. Do, well, is there um, any discount for a case of six? <laughs> no, possibly not. <laughs> So he's auctioning the bottles uh, uh, online through mm, Langton's yeah. um, on uh, bidding's live now and closes at the end of the month. Mm. And uh, he's, he's suggesting that young professionals get together in a syndicate to bid on a bottle. That would be one way I can imagine people managing to buy one, he said. Well, the, the only way. The only way. <laughs> Crikey Moses. I mean, so, that's, uh, uh, it's a bit like art, though, isn't it? I mean, oh, it's very subjective as well, to... Well, yes. And look... Um, I don't. I'm not a collector, um, so I could never imagine having eight thousand bottles in my nah, my cellar. Nah. Um, I plan on having a cellar, but problem is, I drink too many. Of them. <laughs> yeah, they're gone before they I hit the drink shelf. too much, or yeah. I'm not buying. They come enough, off Scotty. the shelf. They go into you, yeah. and they go into the bin. Yeah, <laughs> the empty bottle. Now, um, now on to food news. Now, I must have yeah. missed this through the week, right. and I'm I'm disappointed that I did. But apparently, um, on Thursday it was World Burger Day. I read that too. Oh, yes. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I, I no. missed this, Pete. So, um, there's a there's a survey um, on burgers by Deliveroo, the the delivery company. Yep. Ninety four percent of Australians agree lettuce is a must have in a burger. 
I'm going to get to my must-haves in a minute. righto. Onion is a must-have for 93% of the population. Yeah. Tomatoes for 89% of the population. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah. Beetroot. (laughs) And? In or out. Egg. egg. (laughs) They are 100% of me, says beetroot and egg are a must in a burger. Yep. Pickles were the most polarising addition, with 50% saying it's a must-have, 50% saying it's not. Love them. 26% saying the only sauce that belonged on a burger was ketchup or tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. Um, No, I could... uh, You could go with barbecue. Yeah, I could go barbecue sauce. I tell you what, I you could go a brown sauce, oh, HP, HP sauce. I would in a heartbeat I'd put HP. And zero percent of people said aioli was anywhere near it. <laughs> so um, beef was the most popular burger filling. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have chicken burgers and yeah. stuff, which yeah, I'd agree burger. Um, but um, the least popular additions were kimchi. Kimchi. Which is that Korean pickle oh, stuff? I don't yeah. know what that yeah, is yeah, doing yeah. belonging anywhere near it. Yeah. Blue cheese. Oh, you don't have that on a burger. Oh, well, now, the, the, well, there's one thing that's not on the list, though, just cheese in general. Yeah, well, cheese has got to be cheese has got to be, in there, be melted over yeah, the patty. Correct, yeah, correct, over the patty. Yeah. Yep. And chips. You don't put no, chips in the burger, you, you put, put them to the side. Yeah, they're just on their side. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a little bit disappointed um, that I missed um, Burger Day, Scotty. Yeah, um, well. But I'll have to make it up, make up for it this week. Yeah, well, let's, I think that's a good idea. I'm going to make my own, too, yeah. because that way you get to put in what you want. Well, I've been tasked uh, post-show and um, you know um, and pre-darkness um, tonight uh, that um, apparently uh, there was um, a group of uh, a rack of ribs that was um, purchased yesterday. Mm, it's got your South, name on it. South Mel- well, actually, not mine, and that's the problem. <laughs> but anyway, no, I'm going to do uh, I'm going to do some of these uh, ribs apparently on the barbecue. Um, see how they turn out. Last time I did them, um, we got the thumbs up. So oh, uh, lovely. Now that was from um, South Melbourne Market, Rutsy. Yes. Scotty. Now, can I run you through? Can you can you just give me... Te- yeah, what's this called? Take a long line? Possibly. Yeah, it was over the top, all right. Hang on. One of my faves. Apropos of now we didn't quite get to the take a long line, take yeah. a long line. But I tell you what, I broke my rule yesterday, Rutsy, because if you recall, and I'm I'm trying to think back to uh, I think it might have been at Christmas time. Yeah, uh, I was actually asked to queue at a particular shop. Now this is a pre um, global pandemic. And you're like me. You're not a fan of the queue. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a fan of shopping. Mm. Um, full stop. To be honest, mm. uh, I, I like. I know what I want. Uh, I, I, I find it. Go and get it. Um, and I, I'm done. Mm. So I'm not this meandering, wandering, you know, lost tribe person. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> through, through the so for through you, the bowels of for you, shopping. Shopping is not a, a an entertainment. No, it's, you, it's a it's an essential. It's, ga- it's, it's a it's gathering a, exercise. It's an essential service. You go get and go home. Correct. Yeah. 
So, um, but anyway, uh, I was coerced to uh, to head to South Melbourne Market yesterday morning. I thought, oh, well, yep, we're up and about. Uh, let, let's go. So, uh, we get to South Melbourne Market and. Um, uh, a little bit hungry, so it wasn't super early. So it's sort of you know that mid morning. South yeah. Melbourne market hungry. I say two things. Yep, dim sims. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly where I was going. Uh, but I, I, I think I'm was a little bit lacking in my peripheral vision uh, because I was walking along the footpath and uh, spotted uh, said dim sim outlet that you're referring to. Um, they're about eight hundred dollars a dim sim. Um, and uh, there was nobody uh, standing at the window. Um, so I just sauntered up to the window and I said I'd like to have, and I got stopped in my tracks um, by my uh, partner who was with me at the time. She said, you might want to turn around, of which time I then saw 15 people. <laughs> if they'd had a gun, they would have shot me. If they'd had a spear, they would have just speared me um, because the look of death... <laughs> the death stare that I got from the woman standing on the little sign saying, wait here, yeah. while I thought there was no one in the queue. So I scarpered. Did, <laughs> uh, did you get a thousand mile uh, stare? I got, oh, mate, I got, I got the 10,000 metre stare, I can tell you. So you it took was, off, you didn't queue? Well, I just thought, Monday, you know, I'd, a I'd, thing I'd, of beauty. I, South Melbourne didn't I, seem. Well, don't worry, because uh, we then sort of wandered up a bit, thinking, oh, well, maybe we'll get something else to eat, but I did feel like one of the traditional mm. dimmies. Mm. And uh, anyway, we wandered up, and then we thought, well, we'll wander in. Um, there's a queue to get inside the market, inside the market. Yes, yes, there is. I have done it. So the queue's not outside the market to get inside the market. The queue's inside the market to get inside the market. <laughs> Can you just explain that to me? We're all two feet apart. It's a one-in-one-out basis. Oh, so we're all we, on walkie We just talkies. looked at each other. I said, I don't queue to go shopping, and I don't queue to go to a market. No, not so a queue. So we walked back out, yep. uh, at which time I did go and uh, queue up at uh, said Dim Sim shop and got two of the finest. Mm. Uh, and you can never have enough soy sauce. Mm. Uh, so that that I expunged that. Do you know what's great about those dim sims yeah. too? Is what? they is, is they repeat on you for the rest of the day. Oh yeah, so, you're so you, reminded so all you day. Get, you get constant. Yeah, reminders. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's several different ways that you get reminded too potentially. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so and then or steamed, my Scotty. my fine. Uh, so there's a couple of pieces to that. The next uh, the next piece was we went a little bit further down, tried to get back into the centre, and there was another queue. Uh, which only made us more furious when we realised that it was a queue for a patisserie and not actually the queue to get into the <laughs> centre. But I'll tell you what, mate, I went to uh, I went to a couple of other uh, places. Uh, I, I had to wait 20 minutes to try on some clothing yesterday. Really? Yep. At, uh, at a said DFO. And, uh I had to queue to get in. I had to queue to go and try something on because I wasn't quite sure about the the way it would hang and sit and look. Um, it was a debacle, hmm. absolute debacle. So anyway, I get it. I didn't get grumpy. Um, I knew uh, knew what it was all about. Um, old big mate, you know, poor cousin down the road in the Poon Highway. She wasn't so busy. Hmm. Uh, but did you see the vision of um, Chatty on uh, Friday night? No. My goodness. They've now got heat maps. Have they? Yep. 
They do. They've got a, they've got a war office, yeah. and there is dead set, a bloke sitting there, and he's got heat maps, and it's um, aisle four, level two. Move apart. I repeat, move <laughs> apart. Big Brother is watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's the whole Big Brother piece going on in there. Anyway, that's my little thing about queuing. I get the fact we've got a queue, but um, now, when you're talking about food and wine, there's one other piece that uh, goes with food and wine in our show. Yeah. Uh, fashion. Yeah, of course it hey? does. Of course so, it does. Uh, just before I throw back to you, I just want to share just a little piece with you. I uh, came across this young chap. Don't know what his name is. He's got these weird-looking pants and some Gen X, Y, Z thing bloke. Um, Inf- anyway. Is so, he an influencer? Oh, uh, I think he's an influencer. He's sort of, um, he's, uh, sort of Kardashian-esque. Right. Uh, you know, sort of one of them. One of those. Yeah, yeah. He's not a PLU, you know, people like us. No. No, uh, he's a fashionable <laughs> he's in- a, influencer. Yeah, he's an influencer. Yeah, he's got the beautiful white teeth and the hair sort yeah. of going over places. Anyway, I don't even know his name. doesn't matter. Uh, but anyway, he's, he's just suggested some things that we might like to buy. And in fact, um, it's what I was looking I was looking for a rugby jumper yesterday. You know, rugby jumpers are very hard to find. In Why retail would you stores? want a rugby jumper? Well, uh, it's one of those items, you know, where it's... It's, it, it's not formal and it's not sort of... It's just that chuck-on thing for this time of the year. Right. Right? Just the, you know... Just nothing, the, nothing. It's a bit of a comfort... Don't like jumpers? It's a comfort... No, it's just a comfort item thing. Mm. So um, Cumberland anyway. used to make a rugby jumper. Uh, yes, they did. Cumberland. Yeah. Well, I looked up... Uh, I could actually buy a, uh, a Wales um, rugby jumper from the uh, Wales Rugby Club. Oh. Yes, well, it's where my father was from. The Welsh. Wales. The yes. Welsh, yeah. He's from Clinetley. Yeah, so say that you, when you've had a cup. Yeah, well, you almost spit when you say that. <laughs> uh, that's the way they used to write their words. Uh, anyway, young man here, suggest, uh, and I'd just like to ask you if you could just give me some guidance as mm. to what you think I should be spending when I buy these items. So it's a pair of shoes, there's a rugby top, there's a watch, um, and there's um, a, a bag. All right, so, um, so he's telling me I need to go and buy a pair of Adidas... Yeezy Boost 700s. Yeezy Boost. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so uh, every every second man's got a pair, apparently. Well, clearly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, any sense of what you think oh, we should pay for those? They'd be they're Adidas? Yeah. Yes, they're Adidas. Right. Yeah, just a pair of Adidas so runners. A pair of runners cost yeah. you 150 bucks. Yeah, 665 Right. $665. <laughs> gold leaf, are they? Oh, my goodness me. And then um, in order just to tell the time, yes. yeah, because that's what they do, these things that yeah. sit on our arm, but I'm told I need to go and buy a Rolex GMT Master Two. Yeah, that'd be 20000 you're only a thousand dollars out. <laughs> Twenty-one thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a watch. But anyway, um, and I'll save the rugby jumper for last. Uh, but then, if you're feeling that you've got to look after the bride, uh, you need to buy her something. So you need to go and buy her a, a Dior customized book tote bag. Of course you do. And yeah. it's Dior, so yeah. it'll be $10,000. Well, not quite. Uh, we're just a lick over uh, $4,000. Brilliant. For a handbag. For a bag. Yeah, for a bag. Yeah. Um, does the same as every other bag, yeah. uh, even plastic ones, yeah. but um, apparently you've got to have this one. It's, 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 and it's then a my And then the rugby top, uh, just a red and white stripe rugby top. It's actually got a green collar. You know, a little bit out there. Oh, hundred bucks. Uh, well, it's from Gucci. Yeah, well, it makes it thousand bucks. Uh, yeah, try fifteen seventy five <laughs> for a rugby jumper. So oh. anyway, uh, you know we can't be too serious about things on uh, on the two smoking guns. But uh, so when it comes to fashion, um, 
Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're not. Uh, clearly, you need to buy three different pairs of shoes in different colours. <laughs> That'll set you back yeah. uh, nearly, uh, you know, uh, nearly two grand. Uh, so anyway, there All we right. go. Well, Over to you. Up. We're going to go take a quick break. Oh, we when we come back, I want to tell you about dwarf donkeys. <laughs> of course. <you> <laughs> Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502 1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. To keep us all safe and to help our health workers, it's vital to know quickly if you've come in contact with someone who has tested positive for coronavirus. It's why we've introduced the COVID Safe app. With your privacy protected by law, COVID Safe keeps a secure note of other users you've been near if you have to go out. So if they test positive for coronavirus, you'll be notified. It'll help us stop the spread sooner so we can get back to the things we love. Download COVID Safe today. Authorised by the Chief Medical Officer, Canberra. Hi, I'm Aaron Finch. I'm Bronte Campbell. I'm Matthew Delvedova. These are extraordinary times. The presence of COVID-19 means each and every one of us is facing our toughest ever opposition. And although we stand apart, if we work together as a team and play by the rules, we'll soon get back to playing and watching the sport we love. We need your support now more than ever. So let's play by the rules. Wash your hands and listen to the advice. If we play by the rules, if we play by the rules, we'll all get through this together. Hi, I'm Pauline O'Brien, the presenter of In the Middle of an Island. Come and join me on WizFiz Island on Thursdays from 11am to 12 noon, where I just play the music that I'd love to listen to, whilst I'm just laying back in the hammock with the remote control and a lovely strawberry daiquiri. In the Middle of an Island, on Thursdays from 11am to 12 noon. Plenty time to do some kissing, plenty time for lots of loving. From Paran to Parkdale. You're listening to Southern FM.
Scotty, oh, there's a another song there about change. That one, uh, Don't Change, uh, by the mighty In Excess. Probably it could be my favourite In Excess song, that yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's got to be right up there. Right, right up there. Yeah. Right up there. Uh, right up Now, I promised sure. you uh, before we took a little break there that I'd come back and tell you about these dwarf donkeys. <laughs> I just, I can't even imagine where this is going to go. So, it, there's, there's, um, there's been um, a story in the paper. Yes. Um, uh, Kath, um, Scott Morrison's uh, put a picture up on his dog, you know, on, on social of his dog Buddy, and then Michael O'Brien, the opposition leaders. Um, been posting about his puppy, and Catherine Andrews posted a pic of her cat, and then all the all the MPs are getting on board. Yeah. Um, but uh, the most exciting four-legged social media debut was made by Victorian MP Harriet Shing. <laughs> Harriet <laughs> Shing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Has she got a Shih Tzu? She's got. <laughs> she's got tiny asses. <laughs> she got a, she's she's she, she's she's got. She's ordered. Well, of course she uh, does. She's ordered dwarf donkeys, uh, oh, and they've arrived um, in the middle of COVID nineteen, and, and the regional MP is stoked. This is her quote. <laughs> This is her quote. Will they arrive in a shoebox? <laughs> this is her quote. <laughs> I've dreamt of this for so many years, oh, and I'll share man. as much of their joy as I possibly can. Goodness the man. happiness they generate is all but unstoppable. Harriet Shing talking about the arrival of her dwarf donkeys. How tall are they? I don't know. Oh. But they're tiny. There's a picture of oh. them. Yeah. So uh, I'd right. never heard right. of uh, donkeys. Uh, dwar- uh, well, dwarf, I've heard of donkeys, yeah. but not dwarf donkeys. <clears throat> so I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and uh, in further um, animal news, yeah. I do have this lovely one here about a troop of monkeys in India. Um, oh, I think I heard. They've been stealing COVID <laughs> So I'm uh, sure a troop of monkeys, that's the collective noun for monkeys, a troop. Yep. In India, has attacked a medical official and snatched blood samples of patients who tested positive oh, for coronavirus. I read about it. A laboratory technician was walking in the campus of a medical college in Meerut, Uttar Pradesh, when monkeys grabbed and fled with the blood samples of four COVID-19 patients, said an official. Authorities were not sure if the monkeys had split the samples, but people living near the campus fear they will further spread the virus. The college officials said it was not clear if the animals could contract the virus from the infected blood. So there you go. They probably thought they were stealing something else, but they're stealing blood samples. Oh, that, uh, I, I'm not sure how frightened we should all be about that. <laughs> Can you imagine them all just... Hey, boys, come over here. Hey, boys, <laughs> Just sit in a little circle and swilling away on a vial of come blood. And, come and play spin oh, the vial. spin the vial. So, uh, and, oh, and in extra it. news from India, um, Indian police have released an, a, a pigeon yep. that was arrested. Oh, I'm glad you got this because um, I saw it and the, I, uh, the, I didn't cut it the, out. The pigeon, um, the pigeon belonged to a Pakistani fisherman. And uh, it had flown across the contentious border between yeah. India and Pakistan, yeah. um, which is obviously a contentious border because yes. they've both got missiles pointing at each other. Yeah, all the time. Um, and it, Indian police have uh, released the pigeon um, because it's not a spy. 
<laughs> well, we reported this last week that the damn thing had been arrested and was assisting police with their yes, inquiries. Yes, said Pigeon. <laughs> the Pigeon was set free, said a senior oh, police official. Strike a The lot. Pakistani owner of the bird had urged India to return his bird, which uh, Indian villagers had turned over to police. It's just an innocent bird, he said. The pigeon racer rejected allegations that the numbers inscribed on a ring on the bird's leg were codes for militant groups in the disputed region. Now, do you... That is... Oh, that's gold. Gold. Oh, man, that's gold. That's right up there. Now, I'll tell you what, the, the last twist of that is, and this might just keep some fire in the story, right. uh, do you reckon it's had a microchip placed in it, side it, that it actually might listen for, for information. I reckon you're on to something, Scotty. <laughs> you're right on to something. Uh, too funny. And uh, just in further news, this one's from Korea. Uh, um, yeah. Seoul, Korea. Uh, this is yeah. a story about a man called Kim Yong-hee. Oh, yeah. Uh, does this come under departures? This comes under... <laughs> um, I don't know what it really comes under, but uh, this is a man. Yeah. This is a man. <laughs> he spent... A year. Oh, no, yeah, this is the other man. Yeah. Living atop a 25-metre traffic camera tower. Yeah. So a former Samsung employee who spent nearly a year protesting his firing yep. by living atop a 25-metre traffic camera tower in South Korea's capital, yep. Seoul, has been helped back down after the business giant apologised over his plight. Right. Kim Hong-yi, 60, waved a banner with a Samsung logo and a protest slogan whilst a rescue worker on a fire truck ladder escorted him down from his perch near the Samsung Electronics office in Seoul. Can you talk me through um, uh, where the bathroom was up yeah, there? Yeah, so Mr. Kim, <laughs> Mr. Kim, he was fired oh, um, in 1905. What he says were his attempts to organise a labour union. Mr. Kim's decision to end his aerial protest after 354 days came weeks after the billionaire Samsung Air Lee Jae-yong um, vowed to end decades of you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, the college the company did not acknowledge Mr. Kim's claim that he lost his job um, because he tried to start a union, da, 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 da. But he spent almost a year on top of this crane. I don't know how he sleeps. I don't know how he does, does his daily ablutions or anything <laughs> like that. That's what I wanted to get out of that article, and I didn't, so I'll do some more digging on that. There's no shower up there. There's really, no shower there? up there. There's, there's no, no bedding. There's no... There's um, no television. There's no portaloo. There's no portaloo. So uh, it might just, be a... It's just him and a, and a Samsung flag, slightly soiled. <laughs> <laughs> well, on, uh, okay, uh, that's taking care of the toilet paper piece that I had in mind, and uh, I reckon there might have been a sign on the ground, do not walk under here. <laughs> <laughs> There might be a, um, a, a, a P-Zone or we something. Might, are, they, might, are they called a P-Zone? We might, I might do some investigating yeah, we'll do through some the week and find, find out the craziest protests. Now, you, you're still messing with my head about these little donkeys, all right? The, the these, dwarf the, donkeys. The dwarf donkeys. Yes. Um, uh, because I reckon, uh, I don't reckon they're donkeys. Right. Uh, I reckon a donkey has caught up with uh, old mate, Shetland Pony, yep. and they're actually called Shonkies. Shonkies. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, mate. Because nice one. 
Where did the first miniature one come from? Yes, yes. Who was the? It's like the Who chicken. Who bred that? It's like the chicken and the egg thing. Who bred that? Who bred the first one? And how did that happen? Don't know. It had to have started somewhere. Yeah. Who? Someone said. I'm telling that you, that donkey's just a bit too big for me. I want a smaller version. Yeah, that's right. And I reckon I want one the size of your Shetland pony. <laughs> um, can I borrow him for uh, a couple of hours? How about <laughs> we do a bit of yeah, uh, well, Bush yeah, Well, well. Um, yeah, servicing uh, might uh, mm. have taken place. But, um, hey, I tell you, I've got a beauty here. Um, there was an old mate. Um, this is out of the Moorabbin Magistrates Court. Um, there was an old mate who was a bit partial to a, a couple of drinks. And uh, uh, he was described as an alcoholic thief. Uh, he was so drunk he had no recollection uh, of stealing from bottle shops. Imagine uh, Moorabbin Magistrates quarters heard. That's convenient. Yeah, I know. On one occasion, the gregarious grog lover. Don't you love that? Gregarious yeah, he's grog a gregarious lover. grog lover. Nice. Said, have a good one. As he smuggled five bottles of spirits out of the shop in his hand. Have a good one. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> I'm off. See you, See you mate. Um... Anthony Bullock's uh, forgotten thefts were just part of a litany of liquor-fueled offending last year. Um, uh, f- hang on. A litany of liquor-fueled... Liquor-fueled offending. Offending. Yep. Yeah, brilliant. Um, uh, he's a tyler. Yeah. All right. Uh, the former title. Uh, the former Tyler. He's a for, former, former Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Uh, stole a parcel containing shaving equipment from a doorstep near his Oakley home, and allowed a stolen ute and stolen tools to be stored in his garage. So he's got an old mate who's managed to um, half inch something, yeah. and uh, oh, you're leaving in my garage. No, no worries. worries, mate. Yeah. Uh, anyway, want some booze that I he, picked up? He pleaded guilty to a series of thefts and handling and handling related offences yesterday. Uh, he was sent for corrections order assessment with conditions on alcohol and mental health treatment to be included. <laughs> so, uh, yep. So at least he's polite on the way out. Thanks very much. Thanks, uh, old mate. Have a good day. Have a good day. <laughs> yes, I'm just, I'm I'm just off. off. Uh, now, um, uh, we we both said that uh, this was going to be a lot of fun. Um, we all love a good game of bingo, don't we? Yes, yes, yeah, I saw you know, this piece. This um, is great bingo, you know. And it, but this is not with uh, this is not with numbers. This, this one's with words. This is um, politician uh, and bingo. This is called. This is called. Yes, exactly. Pa, uh, Polly Bingo, um, uh, Mrs. Bingo's daughter. Uh, <clears throat> this is called Danter Banter. Yes. Right. So uh, look, the long and the short of it is, uh, they all sit there with a group of words. And uh, and they write them down, and every time Dan comes up with one of his Dan sayings, they cross them off the list, and then in the end, somebody says, "Bingo!" Yep, that's it. <laughs> so uh, just let me share some of Dan's Please finest do. work uh, with you, old mate, if I if I may. Uh, the premier has a very specific way of speaking using verbal ticks that are slow, steady, gradual, yes, safe. And appropriate. Yes. Right? Uh, but now that press conferences about the pandemic are live streamed daily, the rest of Australia is caught onto the Labour leaders' lingo. Yes. <laughs> Try and say that after. Labour leaders' lingo. Labour leaders' lingo. Um, oh, officer. Um, a new Facebook page, uh, a group where we all pretend to be Daniel Andrews. <laughs> is encouraging more than its 9,000 members to talk like Dan on a daily basis. Oh, it just gets better. Um, right. right. Uh, furthermore, yes. from today, our message is very clear. Yes. 
uh, I'll try and keep this brief. And uh, are all staples? Uh, uh, sorry, are all staples of uh, any amateur uh, premier impersonation? But for extra points, and Baz wrote this, you know, yes. my old mate Baz, yes. who's a beauty. Um, but for extra point, Baz suggests gems that were regulars before the virus, such as, I won't apologise for that. Yes. Uh, I'll let others provide a running commentary. Yeah. Uh, it's what must be done. You will like that one. Yeah. Uh, Get on the beers. Yeah. Uh, irrelevant to our positive plan. Yeah. Yeah. If you can, uh, if you can join the group, you must join the group because it's the right thing to do. Baz has no further announcements to make about this time. Now, I think they've been completely remiss in the best one that I think he's ever come up with. And that was... Get on the beers. Nah, it's not worth the paper it's written on. Oh, really? Yeah, and I reckon there's 1.3 billion reasons why he was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't you love Dan We will be back. I've got to, after the break, I've got to take you through these baby Oh, yeah, we've got to do these. I'll I'll be back in a sec. Right When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install blockout blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502 1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. Hey, Katie Baker here for Rad. Ever tried walking while you're focused on your mobile and you almost bumped into something or someone? Ever accidentally walked onto the street as a car was coming because you were too busy updating your status? Sometimes people try doing these things while they're driving. Driver distraction is a leading cause of road crashes and it's so easily stopped. Whenever you're behind the wheel, focus on the road and your responsibility as a safe driver, not on taking that perfect selfie. It's really just not worth it. My name's Carol and I'm a survivor. Why did I decide to join a radiotherapy clinical trial through Trog Cancer Research? Because I want to be here for my family. Because I want better treatments for all of us. Because cancer research saves lives. Please support Trog Cancer Research today. Visit trog.com.au slash donate. Because together we can find the answer. From Mordialic to Malvern, you're listening to Southern FM.
we go, Scotty. There's another song in the theme of change. Who today. sang that? That was John Mayer. John Mayer. No, I, I hadn't heard. I, 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 there were plenty I could have played. Yeah. But I hadn't heard that one for a while. I was going to play this one um, because I do love this one too. Oh, is this um, Brian Cad? Or Little River Band. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. If there's one thing in my life that's missing. And of course, I, I, I could have played this one. Oh, Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. Change. Yeah, like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And pro- probably should have. Yeah, that's and a good And I could have played this one. I'm gathering people where oh. you're on. I can't stand this point. Bob Dylan. Oh, my God. The times are changing, and then, of course, yep. I should have played this, really, probably. Sounds like an audition for the voice. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Is this Fats Waller? Nah, Sam <laughs> Cook. Sam, Sam Cook. Oh, a yeah, change is no, going to no, come. No. It's a big one. I'm not familiar with. But Sam anyway, um, that's that's my little amusing little songs about change for the uh, for the day, Scotty. Very but good. I did want to um, come back and tell you about these um, names, baby yes, names, because it's a bit of a passion of mine. Yes, no, somewhat a, of um, uh, it's, yes, it's, it's right up there with your aioli. Fries my oh, bananas. <laughs> fries um, just, so just out of just out of interest, <laughs> the top girl names for this year are Lily, Sophia. Charlotte, yeah. Sophie, and Ella. Tick, 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 tick. They're yeah, right. yep. All good. And the boys' names: uh, Elias, Finn, Lucas, uh, Finn. Mattis, and Alexander. Finn. Yeah, there's not a lot of Finns around, but um, yep. you know, I uh, coached the young bloke called Finn uh, a couple of years back. And I the, just, I, you know what I called him, don't you? Huckleberry. Huckleberry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Huck. <laughs> so the top unisex names is oh, the list of those. Now. Oh, here Look we go. Boy or girl. Yeah. Uh, Luca, Peyton, Aria, Charlie, and Casey Vega. But what uh, I wanted to get to was the top ten bogan names. So let me right. hit you with these, Scotty. The top ten girl bogan names. Number yeah. one, anomaly. <laughs> anomaly. Anomaly. Yes. Number two, Antoinette. But spelled oh. A N T. W O H N E T E and one it. Right. Three. So that's Sh- almost uh, uh, that's almost professed. This is all Fountain Lake stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Three. Charmaine. Charmaine. Instead of Charmaine. Yeah. Four. Panda. 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 <laughs> you know, I'm tipping their surname's not Bear. Five. Sienna Marie. Hyphenated. Sienna Marie. That's all right. Yeah, but it's the spelling C-E-E-N-A as in... Don't get me started. Number six, Snowdrop. Oh, come on. Seven, Starlet. Eight, Velvet. Velvet. Yeah. Nine, Vinola. 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 And ten, Windy. Oh, Windy. Windy, not Wendy. Not Windy. 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 Oh, yeah, good. And the boys. Oh, she'll go well. And the boys. Yeah, Windy. <laughs> windy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the boys, Brian. Not Brian, Brian. Brian. Kanan. Like K A Nan bread. Cairo, spelt with a K. Cairo. With a K. Yeah. Pluto. 
Oh, come Number on. five is precise. <laughs> what? Number six is sincere. Oh, my goodness me. Tennessee. So T-E-N-Y-S-I. Tennessee. Uh, Eight is Tigger. Nine is Tokyo. And ten is Wyatt with an so, I. So, so we've got countries. We've got animals. Yep. We, oh, my goodness. And uh, continuing on this yeah. thing, they're bogans. Yeah, now, these yeah. are the worst names for girls. From, right. from Worse, but still allowed. Worse, but allowed. I'll get to that in a minute because I'm going to take I, you through. I know. That's where I was. I'm going to take I, I wasn't sure. names that are banned. I know. So I'll, I'll get I can't wait for that there one. in a minute. All right. Uh, so the worst names, baby names for girls. Yep. Shy, Mattel, <laughs> Sincere, spelt C-Y-N. C-E-R-E, sincere. Oh, that's just a joke. Chardonnay. <laughs> Chardonnay. Or Cardinet. Oh. Khaleesi, K-H-A-L-E-E-S-I, Khaleesi. Oh, yeah. yeah, nickname virus. Starlet. <laughs> Blakely. Oh. Any. Any. Any, yeah. Is that E-N-E-E? Nah, A-N-Y, any. <laughs> Vegas. Oh. And Pansy. Oh. Of course. <laughs> and the boys. Oh. King Messiah. Oh, no. Hugo. Yeah. Cub. Oh. Axis. Manson. Pinches. Oh. Xavier, spelt double X A Y V I E R. Xavier with a double X. That is out of control. Cletus. What? Cletus. Careful. Yes. Yeah. Danger. I just said that. And stylers, <laughs> stylers. Oh, that. So. I mean, they're just. I, you couldn't in your what? Where do they? What do they make that up oh, from? It's just, you just couldn't in your wildest dreams. Look at me, to... look at me, stuff. Now, oh this was goodness. interesting. As I was doing my research, I came across the banned baby names in Australia. There's twenty of them. Yep. Admiral, Anzac, Australia. You can't call your kid Australia. Right. Baron, Bishop, Brigadier, Brother. Cadet, Captain, Chief, Christ, <laughs> Commodore. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we should name him Commodore for sure. <laughs> Constable. See, these are all yeah, uh, references titles. To yes. titles yeah. Corporal, Dame, Duke, Emperor, Father, General, and God. God. Can't call you. So we've, we've, we've covered all bases. We've yes. got Christ and God. Christ and God. Yeah, lovely. Now, in Malaysia... Out of interest, oh, oh. the name Sir Chai is banned. It means insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that. I think is the uh, the name of the people who named those previous babies that Correct. you just told me. Yes, Sir Chai. <laughs> um, other restrictions in Malaysia: you can't call babies after animals, insects, fruit, vegetables, or colours. Numbers are also not allowed. And children cannot be named any royal or honorary titles. So, I think they're on the money in Malaysia. So, like, what, so why like can we there. call a child summer? Yes. Well, they're not, not Malaysia, you can't. Now, in Germany. There are some what? specific names that are banned. And no. you might know one. Oh, come on. Here we go. Uh, Hitler. Oh. Clearly. <laughs> uh, Osama. Oh, yeah, right. And, and Lucifer. Oh, yeah, God yeah. of Fire or something. Yeah, yeah. not allowed to call in Germany. In Sweden. In Sweden. Sweden. Yes. Um, the, uh, 
<laughs> Come on. <laughs> they, uh, in 1996, a court rejected the appeal of parents who wanted to name their child a 43-letter first name. Oh, yeah, good. Spelt. Oh, come on. B-R-F-X-X-C-C-X-X-M-N-P-C-C-C-C-L-L-L-M-M-N-P-R-X-V-C-L-M-N-K-S-S-Q-L-B-B-1116, pronounced Alban. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so that was, that I was, was, gonna, not, I, I that was, was not bad. I was going to say uh, the abbreviated name uh, would just be Alfie, yeah. as in alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Very good. Alban. Um, oh, the, Swede, the Swedes have also banned the following name, uh, Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. And um, in France, um, they banned the following names that were requested by parents, Prince William right. and Minnie Cooper. Oh, because it... Um, yeah. uh, the French court said naming their son these would lead to a lifetime of mockery. Um, also not allowed are Nutella, Strawberry, Jihad and Barbar. As in the cartoon elephant. In New Zealand, um, they've given the thumbs down to Messiah, Lucifer, Tallulah does the hula from Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was on my list. (laughs) Uh, uh, Anal and princess. Um, (laughs) Um, Yeah, right. Uh, Language warning. Uh, Uh, Language (laughs) warning. Uh, Strong language warning. Sorry yeah, yeah that's already late. gone to air. Um, <laughs> so in Mexico, um, they have rejected name requests for Robocop, Batman, James Bond, Terminator, Rocky and Rambo. Oh, they're Also, Facebook. Oh, come on. But Iceland is where's one the, of the... Where's uh, the fun? <laughs> Iceland's one of the strictest, actually, when it comes from naming your child. It has a list of recognised names. Yep. 1,853 female, 712 male that parents must choose from. So you've right. got to, and so if, you've and if got you want a, you've got a menu, you, yes, you've got a menu, and you need to um, pick off that. I'll have so. a number seventy-four, thanks. So, so there you go, there you go. Oh, Band names and baby names, my friend. Right. So I needed to get that off my chest. Uh, uh, very good. Hey, now uh, I just I wanted to tie up a loose end uh, for you because last week we were talking about old mate uh, Daniel Ricardo. Oh, yeah. Uh, saying Hasta la Vista to Reno and going across to McLaren. And we were pontificating uh, as to what his pay packet might be. So, do, do you remember what we what we thought he might be on at um, well, I, at, at uh, uh, Reno? Yeah, I think it was ten million, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, no, he was actually on sixteen million. Right. Yeah. Oh, poor bloke. Yeah. So, uh, just a couple of shekels go into the bank account every month. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, he just loves McLaren, and they love him, I think. So, um, just have a little guess at what he might now be on at McLaren. Uh, Thirty-two. million. Yeah, you can add another ten to that. You're kidding. Forty-two million. How many races in a season? Sixteen. That's uh, that's a lot per race. Yeah, it's a lot per race. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I want you you to go away and, and divide forty-two million. Yeah. Into sixteen. Uh, yeah. Sixteen races and yeah. how many laps? Because I'd like to know each time he, he does a lap, yeah, how much he makes. Okay. And that's let, not including practice let, let laps and all that stuff that he does that so we don't he, see. So he's got 72 laps and uh, he's got forty. He's got 42 mil and yeah. uh, 16 races. Yeah, yeah let me let do me some maths that and come yeah, back to Now, the exciting part, though, yep. is that the owner of McLaren has also bought into the Walkinshaw um, Andretti United team oh. in 2018. Right. 
Um, and there is some speculation yes. that said Daniel Ricciardo uh, and his co-driver, uh, Lando Norris, and he, he goes all right too, yeah. might drive at Bathurst. Oh, really? How would that be? That would now, be good. I'll tell in, you in now, the fast it, F1 yeah, cars? Yeah, uh, no. no. They'll, put him in, they'll put him, pop him in a Holden. Pop him in a Holden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a good old-fashioned Holden, on, yeah. An FJ. Yeah. Um, See how fast it, you can Now, Bathurst usually clashes with the Japanese Formula 1 Grand Prix, but given that the whole season's all over the shop, I would have thought that would be unbelievably spectacular to have those two blokes, not only for the Formula One, the cross-pollination piece between V8s that's loved all around the world. They love our V8s. They do, do they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You just can't get enough of it. It's a bit like AFL. The people that get it go, you blokes are mad. You know, no padding, no helmets, right? right? You, yeah. you just smash each other. Just get, out, get in so the you just and get out and, and go. Do it. Yeah. Um, but the thought of that, I just thought, was unreal. And, uh, and I'll tell you the last piece... Put it under lights. Oh, night time at Bathurst. Night Bathurst. How do you reckon that'd oh, go? How do you reckon they'd go in the crowd? They'd be absolutely uh, they'd, they'd mental. It'd be like a rock concert at <laughs> night time. Anyway, we're all right, almost well, we uh, smashed away. for time. We, we must are. Away. I've but got to go and prepare the evening repast. You do. Uh, I've got a couple of things to pick up myself. But um, hey to all of our listeners. Uh, have a fabulous week. Thanks for listening to Two Smoking Guns again. Rutsy, you have a great week, old son, and I'll see you behind the glass again this time next week or a couple of hours earlier and um thanks for listening to two smoking guns